Hello and welcome to the Tech Lunch Podcast, where we encourage our listeners to learn something new about tech every week. This can range from learning about new and exciting applications to the advancements in coding and technology. If you are always learning, you will always be a step above the rest. Take the time during lunch or during a break to listen and learn, kind of like a lunch and learn, but for the years. This podcast will open the listeners' ears to new and exciting technologies they may have not been purviewed to in the past. These topics will range from manufacturing technologies to data collection technologies and everything in between. Hello, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm John. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week we're going to hop back on to our uh, 3D printing carousel here um, and continue down the road of, you know, the 3D printing and stuff like that. And we're going to look at the, you know, kind of the, the, the pitfalls um, and, you know, say, you know, layback moments of the industrialization <clears throat> and the advancements in uh, 3D printing um, that are currently, you know, holding the industry at bay. You know, kind of, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, as something progresses in size, it has to meet the current demand and let alone has to meet current quality standards based on the industry that it's part of. So, you know, when we're thinking about that, John, what you think about? Yeah, you, you have a, you, you gave me a great like introduction into that too, because we've talked about quality. We've talked about sustainability. We've talked about managing and, and controlling what you can control. But a lot of these things that we talk about are, uh, you know, big picture, you, like these little problems here and there, but can hurt your overall view, your overall improvement of um, your printer. So like a couple of the pitfalls, um, I would like to kind of focus with not only things that we hear that might be, you know, addressing these pitfalls, but also um, just kind of throwing them out there and spitballing as to why maybe things are going slow or um, good things like uh, if, if they're making improvements on like, uh, you know, Octoprint when it came out is like that was a great improvement mm-hmm. on managing or trying to control those things. That's just things like that. So like I, I think of like big, big uh, challenges um, like, so, so what's, what's stopping you? You just got your printer. What's stopping you from innovating? Uh, what's stopping you from, what, what's your next step pretty much? And for me, like, uh, the, the, you know, there's standardization that you need to do. Um, and, and there's a reason why a lot of people have trouble if they buy, like for me, I bought the Chiron and there's not as much support so that it's not as standardized. And I'm going to be honest with you. It feels like they're trying to phase it out because it's starting to disappear from some of the stuff. Yeah. So like think standardization. Um, we talk sustainability, so the environmental impact, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, knowledge gap is huge. Um, and, and, and one of the main things that I think a lot of people, I think, misunderstand is when it comes to intellectual property um, and 3D printing is, is, okay, so like let's say Disney made Mickey Mouse. Um, if I print a Mickey Mouse is Disney going to come after me for this mouse because I didn't pay them for it or yeah. I didn't pay them for the model or is it do I pay for the model and I can make as many as I want and then it gets into the commercial and there's there's so that you can see kind of the rabbit hole that I'm looking at yeah you're at. the commercialization versus, yeah you know and a regular hobbyist yeah yeah so like it kind of gets to that point but I think it also stems a lot from that standardization and that that kind of mindset like you we can kind of uh, take it to um, even an OT standpoint, like uh, like Ed, like Integra, you know, Wave Five, Six, Seven, you know, Eight, Nine, Ten, 
XYZ, whatever you want to call it, it it's a standardization and there's a reason for that standardization. And, and, and if you deviate from that standard, you can cause bigger problems, of course. So, so when we're talking about just even the, the what's hindering 3D printing and, and, of course, the standardization, maybe, the, maybe the, the cons versus the pros as well, what do you think about it? So I, I think if we're, we're talking two arenas. If we're talking the hobbyist arena, it's different from, say, the uh, industrial or commercial arena. Okay. So from a hobbyist point of view, uh, a lot of people started out when uh, VCRs first came out with beta. Mm -hmm. And, and right. beta was a platform that lasted only a little while. Then it went from that to where we went to like a VHS platform. So but when we went to the VHS platform, we made it a lot simpler. It mm -hmm. wasn't as complicated. So now today, when you have a remote, you can uh, do things really simple. So the thing with 3D printers, it has to be the same concept. We have to simplify it to a point from a hobbyist point of mm -hmm. view because that's one market or that's one vantage point. When we're talking commercial or industrial, it's always, um, can I compete with injection plastic, uh, injection molding? Can I compete mm -hmm. with that market? Mm -hmm. So that, there's, therein lies the problem. Because I can spit out X amount of parts from injection uh, molding than I can with 3D printing. Half the time. Yeah. However, if I want to do prototyping, it makes more sense for 3D printing. To do yeah. 3D printing. Yeah. If I want to um, create a one-off of something, you know, not this. This may not be prototyping exactly, but maybe I just need a part to put on something so I can I can look at this model. Yeah. Right. It's a um, step up. Yeah. And that's so. exactly what the that's exactly what the point is. Like so you're talking to simplify the standard is and, and and then make it applicable to both sides? Well I mean make the make the machine applicable to the application. Right. I don't right. have to simplify the machine necessarily for engineer. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm targeting if I'm trying to get air fryers into every consumer's house, which I assume that's what we want to do with 3D printing, we yeah. want to introduce this to everybody to use this too. You have to make it user friendly. Mm -hmm. We have to make it like when you're talking about models. It should be as simple as, hey, okay, I want to do a 3D, I want to 3D print a mouse. Yeah. Then there should be a base model for a mouse. And then you can modify that base model. Then we don't have the issues with Mickey Mouse. That should yeah. be a base model for whatever, and you modify it to your your liking. That, that's when we start dealing with the, the, the prosumer versus consumer versus um, commercial standpoint. You know, there's usually a three tier approach. You know, and that's kind of you know what I think you're getting at with that one. I mean, it makes sense to me um, because like having having a universal standard for one let's say item like of course we'll just use the same example a mouse it will allow for uh more support let's right. say that and that's the thing that's the same thing as like we talk like i like i'm not only talking about standardize the process standardize the machine and 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 those things it's it's okay so yeah this is the standard for for the model this is the standard for how i print it and then this is a standard for firmware which we there's like so many different flavors of firmware 
um, and you can kind of tinker with so much, but there's nothing that really kind of shows you those without you actually implementing them. I mean, you can see a couple pictures here and there, but getting the feel, it's like, um, you know, driving a car. Like, you need, if I'm buying a car, I need to test drive that car. Yeah. I need to see how it feels. So like, that, that tells me we need something like Docker for 3D printing. Yeah, no. something around there. You, you need something like a container that you can put it, I mean, maybe not necessarily has to be Docker, but we need a container or a Kubernetes, you know, that we can put this in and then simulate it in on any printer. So maybe, yeah. maybe that's a solution. Management uh, softwares and stuff like that. Yeah. And then like, you know, hey, maybe I want to make personalized things. Maybe I want to take a picture of myself and then that picture turns into a STL model yeah. and now I can make a bobblehead of myself. Yeah. Maybe I want to do that for family. You know, th those are things that you want to incorporate. Like you, you, we have predefined applications built into the microwave. Mm -hmm. I can go hit a button that says reheat. I can go hit a button that says heat for 30 seconds. I can go hit a button for pop popcorn. Maybe the, the, the thing is, is if you want consumers to become prosumers, then you have to give them the tools to get to that point. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like, you know, you said it perfectly when you started talking about the, the microwave and what that. You know, it's like everything's the same no matter what manufacturer you get. You know, if you think about it, you know, a 10 mil socket is a 10 mil socket is a 10 mil socket. Yeah. An open-ended 10 mil socket, guess what it is? Still a 10 mil. No, no, you're not going to change it. Too bad if you've ever worked on a motorcycle or a car or anything like that. You'll never find it um, <laughs> because the 10 mil socket will run away from you every time you look for the damn thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it depends on what, what bank you're in. It's But, you know, what I see it as... You know, as far as, you know, when it comes down to standardization and stuff like that, you're never really going to have, I don't think, full-blown standardization until you get a organization or a committee that manages all of this stuff, that sits on top of it as a headquarters and says, hey, guess what? I've got a representative from Prusa, from Creality, from all these other manufacturers, from, from, the, from the guys who are on the floor... You know, the regular consumers, your prosumer models, all the way up to your commercial, you know, metal 3D printers. Mm -hmm. um, Stratasys. Exactly. Yeah. Get all those guys in the same room and have a conversation. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, and then create little, you know, bits of, you know, pockets of committees. You know, if you have people who are good at firmware, put them up in one committee and all of that. And then what they do is you standardize that one firmware is now going to be the industry standard. Yeah, kind of like MQTT. Right. And it's also, if you start looking back at it, it's like, you know, Android phones. They're all the same operating system, no matter how you look at them. It can be, you know, it could be a Motorola, it could be a Samsung, it could be, you know, BlackBerry when they used to be around. Yeah. It's going to be the same OS. Well, BlackBerry was BlackBerry OS, but that's still a version of their of Android. Right. Um, the grand scheme of things. Um, it's like Linux. You have so many flavors of Linux but you still only have one kernel. Yeah, and I think and unless you have the, unless you start talking about the unbreakable kernel, which, you know, from Red Hat, but that's only because they took the original kernel and made it better. And then released that so people can use it. You know, it's I don't think there's going to be a you know, a full-blown standardization clean until clean cut cut and dried this is standard until there is that. Open source is the key. Yeah, but I think the thing is, is what you're going to find is you have manufacturers who are willing to fight that battle. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because everybody wants to be different. Everybody wants their equipment to do something different than the other guys does. And they can. 
Yeah. Because basically the, the Linux, the as Linux and for example. Yeah. They're they're different, but I can almost for each platform of Linux, I can almost type in the same commands. See, that's, yeah. that's exactly the point that, that, that I was going to make next is because I, I, I love Linux as an example because it, it's fantastic in how many hundreds, thousands of different flavors. Like, yeah, I think it's 100,000 last time someone yeah, did there's, there's that so are alive many. or dead. Yeah, like it, they may not be in use, but there's that many flavors. And, and, and for me, it's like, okay, well, Linux as a whole... Um, operates a certain way, I can make a directory. It's the same command, make a directory in multiple Linuxes. It may change in like this specialized Linux here, but like that becomes their standard and it gets named. So like there's nothing, there's there's like, you know, RepRap, Marlin. Um, I think actually Marlin's the same one that Prusa and Creality use, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. There's a few others there. But for me, I think that there needs to be some type of overarching standard that like you can say, hey, these are where these come from, but this is the main 3D yeah. printer standard. And then you can get into, okay, well, you've got this printer. All right, well, maybe it's a resin printer. You can't use this firmware. You need to use this firmware here. Yeah. And then it's kind of like a... Like a kind of point pointer system where it's like this is the tree of this printer just basic application lifecycle management yeah so like that's that's the thing and 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 i, I see it on the those those pictures with the you know debian or any other these um like fedora and these mm. other things where they kind of stem from and a lot of their uh framework is similar to anything that's similar to that kernel right yep. like so that's what I would picture it as, and that's kind of why what I would like to see. Now, I agree with you; it's going to have to be a big committee because there's not been a meeting of the minds like that in three D printing. There's yeah. no there's no industry like cohesion, or, or as far as what I've seen, they they clone each other's work. So to me, that would create resentment. Yeah. So I don't think that they would and, want to work together. You know, the thing is, I think that would I really think you know maybe the meeting of the minds. You know, like I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm may cause a bigger issue, you know, down the road. It, it will cause prices to increase, you know, higher than they currently are, which now price people outside of that realm. You know, if you think about it, you know, you got laptops out there that, you know, were originally sold with Ubuntu on board from the factory that are no longer being sold with Ubuntu on the factory because they want people to buy Windows. You know, um, or they don't want to do that anymore. You can still order, you can still special order them, but your price is going to go up because you're going to pay for free software. Yeah. You know, cheap. with no support. <laughs> um, you know, congratulations. Yeah. You know, you just found out how to, you know, monetize free shit. Um, yeah. But, you know, the thing is, so I kind of see that being an issue. You know, the, the, the having the family tree of the firmware would yeah. be nice. Yeah, because it would let you, and then it could like a versioning control system. Yeah, I think you say tell you maybe differences like, hey, maybe use this one. You can have um, there's better perimeter control, so you're not crossing paths. Like, Release notes, yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So I, 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 I think it's something that yeah, you can go on GitHub and yeah, you can go through these things. But like, if I am a entry level user. That's not using GitHub. GitHub. That's not coding. But I want to make something for the house, or I want to do something. GitHub's not what I want to read. And I mean, because I've tried to give people that are I'm helping with 3D printers a GitHub before, and they don't want to look at it. And I'm like, it's pretty straightforward in there, but you got to know how to use it. They yeah. don't want it. They, they want something easy to digest. So and yeah, 
I disagree with the firmware concept. I think it's I think it's really inefficient. Okay. Why why have firmware for something that's not really hardware driven? Because all of the hardware stuff is done at the microcontroller level. Why not just have libraries? Why not just pick a language? This is the language we're going to use for 3D printers. Python, which is a good entry level language mm -hmm. for consumers. Right. Yeah. And they can take and catapult from that to become on a prosumer. So for me, I think the issue is is everybody still can be independent. Everybody can still have their own flavor, but you make libraries. Mm -hmm. I just pick the library that I want yeah. to use for my application. But I get a base package. I get a base. That's what I was gonna say. Like a clean, like just, a clean. Just give install. me a base package. Yeah. Give, it, give it like an APK, you know, or an AP, or sorry, an APT, like in Linux when you just download an APT and you install the package and off you rip. You know, yeah. you can even write it on the Linux kernel, really. Yeah. You know, and then just have you know say, hey, cool, I want to install this because I'm using this printer. Yeah. Send. It'll pull it down. It'll turn it on. Yeah. And, you know, let it rip, hit or chip. Or mm -hmm. make make the 3D printer self-aware. Yeah. Use machine learning so when the yeah. printer plugs up and it goes out and does like what we do with topology in a in a network, it goes out and scans everything on the network and say, oh, anything that pings you have out. all these devices here. Yeah, I noticed you have blah blah blah. Hey, you need you have this version of of the firmware. If we still have to use firmware, if we're just so dead set on using firmware, why not make the system smart enough to know when I connect to the internet? that I need this update for this driver. Mm -hmm. But hey, ask the question, what are you wanting to do? What do you want to print? Yeah, what is your material? You already do it in Linux, P you already do it in, in Windows, you already yeah. you know paying people enough by telling people to update their data yeah. stuff anyways. Make, make the system yeah. self-aware. Turn it into a toaster. I think we you want you want people to be yeah. you, you want to make that a hobbyist tool. Yeah. Make it a toaster. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the truth because a lot of the times you, you, your printer is existing in an, in its own environment. It's not really connecting to your your network, um, at least out of the box. Yeah, so you don't really have those. Um, you shouldn't have those issues because it comes with preset, so that the, the manufacturer would handle a lot of that stuff. But if you're anything like me, and I feel like a lot of people are, is I can't let a good thing sit. It works, but I'm gonna mess with it. <laughs> and I'm gonna make it work better. So well, yeah. example, smart TVs. Yeah. What, what what is the first thing a smart TV do when you set it up? It updates. It does an update. It's that simple. It's that simple. You make this thing an appliance. Yeah. I think that's the next step is, is connecting that Wi-Fi and getting getting that yeah making it in an appliance and that's that mindset making it a smart appliance as right. well to where you're like okay it's it's reading back to you and you're um, maybe even controlling it with some type of smart assistant as yeah. well. Yeah. So. And, if, and if you're concerned about security, it's, it's you know what to do. Segment your network. Yeah. Put that on yep. a put that on an area of your network. DMZ for entry point. I have a separate network for here, and this is on a separate segment on that yeah. network. And you know the other thing is is also when you got these things, you know, making sure that you know if you are going to upgrade that so that that firmware backing it up, you know, and you know noticing trends in your equipment. Yeah, you know, I think that's I think that's the, the the big ticket item is understanding your trends. Yeah, yeah, that's 
that's a good point. My, my friend just got the Ender 3S1, and he's. <laughs> it's funny because his first print was perfect, and I was like, you're never going to get this serotonin again, so you're going to have to keep tinkering to get back to that feeling. But he, so he's looking at it, and he's seeing like little defects here and there, and realizing how minute changes will make drastic differences in your print. So like even even something like that where it's like teaching, it needs to be done. Yeah, there needs to be you know a you know a community around it, and I, I think right now it's a lot of a lot of lost. Yeah. You know, and that could be because you know it's coming because you got you know thirteen thousand people gatekeeping information on, yeah. or this or that. That yeah. or you got you know thirteen thousand people on YouTube freaking trying to tell people how to print something. You know, which it's okay because you know sooner or later we'll do we'll, you know we'll do our our three printer challenge and we'll go through that process ourselves. However, you know we're, we're a little different than most people. We actually tell you what the hell we're doing, um, mm -hmm. and you know we'll we'll, we'll get we'll go from there. Yeah. You know, it's how that works. But it's just I think that there's just not like you said not enough information sharing going around right now that mm -hmm. people are actually you know in help. Yeah, yeah, because. Um, and I and I go back to the same example of my friend that just got his printer is that he he actually thanked me afterwards was like hey I felt like I feel like I skipped months of messing with this because I just have you to ask the questions from so I think of course we've got you know you've got Reddit your, your Reddit subgroups you've got you know Facebook groups that kind of assist but like having that having that person who's like hey show me your picture. Or show me your print. I'll tell you what's wrong with it, or I'll tell you what to change, and then we'll look at some of the stuff that way. I think that's uh, kind of tailoring it to a standardization would mm -hmm. be something that's like it would be it would make the support easier, and and that's kind of what I was yeah. kind of pushing towards. It's like I think support in a large sense is lacking because it's not, you know, of course, it's not monetized, um, and it's just out of the goodness of your heart <laughs> yeah and then so. it's like you know you know the, you know it's like the stuff we've all been talking about lately you know it's like you know why can't you have a you know a, a standardized you know maintenance platform you know where you can track all your stuff and so what, what you're doing and what you're going through you know who knows you know later on you might see something like that from us you know as we you know figure out you know other things and get tired of kicking ourselves in the forehead um yeah you know. I don't think that's gonna happen <laughs> I don't think so either. Um, you know, John can't reach his forehead. No. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get tired of fighting with it. You know, it'll get tired of looking at me like I'm freaking crazy. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, I think the, the one the one good thing, one of the good things, I'm not going to say the one. Let's be nice. Yeah, no, 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 never do that. <laughs> they did make last no good configuration. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's a good yeah. If you had this, hey, if that serotonin was reached once, you then it was an ideal. It was a what would we say? It was a golden rule there. Yeah, right. So if that those parameters exist, that printer should have been like, hey, let's go back. This this was a good. Mm -hmm. It was a good print. Here mm -hmm. was all the parameters for that. So when you start talking about like a maintenance system, it has to start with the, the it has to start with the intelligence in the machine. It has to start with the machine learning. 
the machine learning has to be at that root level. It has to be the kernel. The kernel has to incorporate this technology into it. Yeah. You have to use some platform, whatever you want to use. Yeah, start. Okay, so uh, gave me you gave me a great idea, um, Ed, um, with with the G code and and being able to you know look at your last known configuration. It's it's um, there there should be a way for me to take my G code after I've already sliced it, enter it back in, and see what a configuration is. Um, now that's that would to me I can say I can that puts it into the mind of the end user is like I am visualizing a good last good print last you know print that came out with the least, least amount of defects let's say because I think in a lot of cases you're gonna have a little bit here and there and take that file that I printed and put it into some type of analyzer and reads out maybe what's what's uh, what I had so that I can change my configuration back to that if I made any changes, and then I can slice a new code or a new file with those same configuration. Now, it kind of exists on GitHub where you can imp you could download, people save their configurations before, but that's, you know, we get that, that's more proactive than reactive, and in some cases when someone has a failed print, they are reactive in that sense. They're like, oh crap, I made the changes, I already closed the computer, I've already closed this, that, I don't have the, I can't make this print again. And then they're stuck without that. Um, That's where you want to use vision too. Because I mm. think vision, or even if it's a snap. So when I, when I say vision, it's two realms we're talking about with vision. Some people want to follow the whole process and film it. Right. But it should be a, maybe we just take a snapshot at the end. And you tie that snapshot into your dashboard system or SAS yeah. that you're going to use so that it's easy for you mm -hmm. to analyze the data. But you also allow the machine learning to tie into that too. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is like if you're getting into machine learning, you can connect all these things. And once you've got your um, printer on Wi-Fi or connected to some type of database or anything like that, and it's reading back to each other, like you put all this stuff on the cloud like... Why, why do I need any storage locally on there? Mm -hmm. I just need to connect the motherboard to Wi-Fi. And, and then that's, that will um, get you ever more connected to you know, saving configurations, getting other people's configurations, and, and importing them or exporting them and stuff like that. So I, that's, that's just something that like, just kind of popped into my head from what you were, you were just saying, being able to learn from its prints or go back to a last positive print. That's something in Windows we use Yeah, the last time. known condition. It's like, yeah. you know, the other thing is, if you, th if you start thinking about that, if you're gonna go that route, especially with a 3D printer, you need to start worrying about, well, not really worrying about, or figure out how to add a mm -hmm. sensor that knows the bed level at the at the, at the start of the print. Yeah. You know, I understand that now we, you know, we do have the thing, you know, we do have the auto bed levelers, you know, out there. However, if, you're, if your printer's not set up with an auto bed leveler, mm -hmm. leveler how do I know which direction you're going? You know, and if I was good here, but I shifted left or right, if I don't have a, you know, a, I guess you'd say an accelerometer on board the, the, the machine, I don't know how far I've tilted left or right. I don't have an angle finder that tells me, okay, did I set my printer on the wrong level when I built this thing? You know, or is my bed wobbly from, you know, side mm -hmm. to side based on, you know, did I hit a button when I was moving something around? When I was taking the print mm -hmm. off. You're picking it up by the gantry. Don't do that, by the way. Yeah. It's like, I can tell you how many times I've seen people screw up their prints because they were taking their, their, their print off the bed. 
and it screwed up their their level because their finger hit the wheel, and next you know the, the darn thing looks like a you know spaghetti noodle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. You know, we've all yeah. been there, done that. You know, got the extra burns from hitting the hot end to prove it. You know, again, go back to the safety video. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't touch it. Just don't, don't touch the hot end, please. <laughs> what, what, I, I'll just compliment or I'll comment on what you said, mm-hmm. Nick. That's where you use LIDAR. Yep. Or that's where you use a... a. So <clears> the system <throat> they have now is you can get a base system. Yeah. So a base system means I have some belts and I have a couple of... Uh, um, cog systems basically for pulleys that's going which can slip. Mm-hmm. But if I add a worm gear and add some positive stuff, or if I add slides at three points, then I physically have three places where that fed is going to be stiffer. Mm-hmm. The the other thing I would argue is I say um, the XY system, the XY coordinate system yeah. is is to me. It's the future. The core XY. Core XY because why why not just take the bed to the to his bottom plane, verify the bottom plane, and raise the bed mm-hmm. as you go up. Yeah. You know, I, I think that's that's better to a point. You raise the bed up and then the bed will follow the head and then it works with the XY and I don't have to do anything going in and out. Get yeah. rid of the in and out because I think that's where the instability is. Yeah, like yeah. X, Y. Yeah, because that's your structure. That's where it's attaching to where it's supposed to be standing up. And if you're moving back and forth, much easier to get layer shifting. Much easier to get those defects. I've got a Batman at home that looks like at his shoulders, he's like three centimeters backwards. Yeah, if it's got so. the you know a bearing in it, and it's got a freaking screw a screw bearing in it, yes. yeah. a, a, you it's know, mechanical. A, it's a mechanical you know movement at that point. Yeah. So they had to be machined to a certain tolerance. Yeah. So technically, you really wouldn't have to really worry about leveling too much if you're dealing within a machine tolerance. If it, the fact is that machine tolerance isn't being used or eaten up, mm-hmm. as long as it's not being eaten up, you're fine. And if it is getting eaten up, it should be as easy as slipping in a new rod. Yep. You know, I think of all thread. Yeah. Or um, you know, lead screw, lead screws, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Into the system, matching up the threads and let it rip, tater yeah. tip. Yeah, it should all stay within a even keel. Like I said, the lead screws that they, they, they are um, probably for entry level person. Mm-hmm. That's probably is a reasonable investment. So mm-hmm. when we start getting into slides, it's a little bit different, and you have to look at the quality of the slides. But if you're thinking about going from a consumer to a prosumer. Mm-hmm then that's when you make that decision. But the yeah. lead screws is reasonable. So mm-hmm. you can get the lead screws and do what you need to do with it. However, if you if you don't have that and you're just a hobbyist, then there are other things you can do. As Nick said, you know, look at the sensors. And then also, each time you do the bed, uh, before you do a print, level, make sure the bed's level. Put a level on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or build a level, uh, some type of level into to your system. Mm-hmm. Where it shows you that the level is, put put an angle uh, finder on it before you heat up the bed, and verify. If you're a hobbyist, you have to do what you have to do mm-hmm. with the tools you have. Right, and there's pieces and parts out there for people to do it. Yeah, yeah. there's actually uh, what you're mentioning now. I kind of do right now with so I have the leveler though. So it's got I got a probe that probes the bed at 16 points already. So it's it's already telling me which is higher, which is lower, blah blah blah. 
uh, and it saves that to my um, to my motherboard, and it shows me what what that looks like on the screen via you know this side's green, so it's you know it's good. That side's red, so it's either too low, too high, or something like that. You need to address it. So that that it does exist now. How often do people use it? Not a lot, because I had to upgrade my firmware to get to that. Yeah. So that's not coming mm -hmm. standard. I think coming standard, it's a good point that that should be uh, something that comes with it already so that you plug and play. You don't have to worry right. about that those improvements, because that's honestly when the Ender came out with the, the Ender 3 S1, that machine feels like all of the improvements for the Ender 3 just they did it for you. Yeah, it's got the auto bed lever on it, don't it? Yeah, it's got the auto bed lever and everything like that. I, I, I'm also going to be honest with you too. I'm pretty sure the Prusa works so well on because it's not Core XY on that Prusa MK3. It's 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 more similar to the Ender with the belt system, but it has two lead screws on the bottom instead of the belt. That to me, ten times better. Yeah, because it's the tensioning that's the problem with the mm -hmm. belt. Yep. But what I what I will say is is what does every good carpenter do before he uses table saw? You measure twice. <laughs> he verifies that that table is level. Yeah, that's fair. I'm yeah. saying if, if you do not have the money and you bought a base system, yeah, take ten minutes and verify a level yourself yeah. because yeah. I don't have a problem with sensors, but sensors do fail. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is, too, yeah, like you know. How much is a level at Harbor Freight? A yeah, buck twenty-five. Well, let me let me let me do you one better. How much does it cost to make your own first layer print that levels your bed? Well, you're gonna have to do some of the knobs. All I do is go in my slicer and I put up a cube and I'll size a cube ten yeah. by ten millimeter, and it's one layer. I go into whatever my layer height is and I make that height identical to my layer height, so then the printer knows it's only one layer. And then I'll spread that thing around the, like the corners and the middle and yeah, same. let it's it rip. It takes same. 10 minutes to print that probably. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly what kind of, it, it handles both sides. It'll verify that your sensors are reading accurately if you don't touch anything, if you don't have to touch anything. And then it'll verify if they're bad, if you have to adjust them like a crazy amount. Yeah, go back to the testing uh, the, the test prints uh, podcast where we talk about first layer, mm -hmm. we talk about temperature uh, towers and things like that overhang tests these are all very important not in the sense that it saves to anything which i think it should be saved to but in the sense that you can eyeball now and understand uh give it a, a educated guess let's say of what your print's going to end up like and and that's that's the that's the point for some of those prints and doing that first layer test that's honestly the first thing i suggest you do like after you get a printer do a first layer test because that printer didn't come pre-assembled for you and you had to move it and I can almost guarantee you that someone is grabbing on something they shouldn't. And and it just takes, you know, we're talking about tolerances of like point, you know, thousandths of a millimeter. We're on the micrometer level. Like if you get smaller than that, we're close to the nanometer or getting down there. So if you make little minute changes, you won't notice that, but the printer will. Yeah. The printer definitely will. So, you know, I, you know, with that, you know, there's so much more that, you know, we can, we can talk about and so many more topics that we can, you know, hit a lot of those, a lot of that stuff is covered in, you know, other episodes that we did, but, you know, as we continue down this journey, you know, we're going to start picking off other major topics that we've kind of hit, you know, with that, um, 
you know, we'll, we'll bring this one to an end. Um, and, you know, we want to thank everybody, you know, for listening, you know, around the globe at this point. Um, you know, we never thought it'd get this far. Uh, believe me, I don't think me nor Ed thought this was going to, you know, ex- explode like it did. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. You know, we hope that, you know, hopefully we can help you with your, your 3D printing adventure, you know, your tech adventure that you're doing. Um, and also, you know, if you have any ideas, you know, for anything, you know, shoot us an email, put it, leave a comment someplace, you know, we'll find it. Uh, check us out on the, on YouTube, you know, put a comment there if you have any ideas. But, uh, you know, I'll turn it over to the guys for the, uh, the parting shots and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, so like, uh, I would like to just follow what Nick said. We do appreciate all of the uh, support. Um, and the, uh, the ideal is uh, to uh, bring content to people that they can use to uh, better themselves and learn. So uh, I'll let John close this out. Um, yeah, that's, that's the whole point. Every, every bit of this is trying to make your, put yourself in a better position or put yourself in a position to assist anyone who, can, who can't or, or if you're the person who can't, like we're, we're, we're the ones that want to support you and enable you into doing those things. So Nick said, if you got any, any topics or anything like that, I think if you've got a question, that's fine. Shoot, if you've got a printer yourself or you, you listened and already got one and you're wanting to, you're like, hey, I've got, a, I've got an example you guys didn't really quite touch on, so let's talk about this. Shoot, I don't mind spending every day talking about 3D printing. I pretty much do anyways. So, um, this is true. Yeah, just reach out. Uh, we, we're open to anything that you guys have, and no, no question is a stupid question because uh, a lot of these things involve safety. So, like, even if it's a stupid question, it keeps you safe. Ask a question. So, um, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Tech at Lunch podcast, where we hope you learn something about tech during your break or during your lunchtime. If you did, please give us a follow to prevent missing future episodes. If you have any ideas or something you want to hear or learn about, please send us a show idea to podcast at vulcanora.com. Hope you have a good rest of the day and continue learning.